welcome to Keeping Business Real, the podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Cordaff, and in four short years, I've built a thriving online business that supports our family. This podcast offers an honest and very real take on the reality of online business, strategies for growing yours, and all the inspiration to keep you going. I've got no time for BS. I'm all heart and all action. Let's keep it real. Hey everyone, I am so excited today to have one of my absolute favorite people on the podcast. We're talking to Stu McLaren. If you haven't heard of him, he's the go-to guy for creating, launching, scaling online memberships. So of course, when it was time for me to really get serious about my Small Steps membership and launch it to the public, Stu's Tribe course came along and it was perfect timing. I jumped straight in anyone has ever seen his launch videos. I'm like, who is this guy making these awesome videos? I literally have to be in for that. And so I jumped in and I've been singing its praises ever since. I've honestly sent a lot of people your way, Stu, because you provide amazing quality content in the off season and the tribe course is second to none. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, you're the best. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Well, I've wanted to talk to Stu for a really long time, but he's over there in Canada. And obviously, it's um, quite fresh in the morning here to make the time zones work, so forgive if um, I kind of go off track. But I wanted to talk first to you because I don't know if you, you would definitely come across this, is that online business owners might have launched a course. I was running a really successful eight-week program, but I was kind of in this boom-bust cycle of my business. Mm-hmm. Things would really... I'd have a lot of cash and then I'd blow through it and then I'd be scrambling to launch again. And I had this big batch of people who'd been through this program who were literally begging me for like what's next. But I had a lot of resistance to creating a membership. I thought I was going to be on this content creation treadmill and I'd never be able to escape and it's a low cost thing. So why would I bother? Like I had all the internal resistance. It's ended up being like the foundation of my business. It has, it's given me security and it's been awesome, which you know about, but I'd like to just talk about those initial objections or sometimes the resistance that we can feel as online business owners to creating a membership. What are the ones that you usually hear? Well, you hit on a couple there that are big ones. You know, one is the content treadmill, like this fear of, oh my gosh, like I am forever going to be chained and anchored to just sitting in a in an office and cranking out content every single day. And that's not what I want. I got into this business for freedom. But the reality of it is, is that like, it doesn't have to be that way. Now, admittedly, there are membership site owners who are chained to the content treadmill, who are on this like, you know, hamster wheel, if you will. And it's because they don't have a proper content strategy. But here's what I want to share with you. There's a light at the end of this tunnel and it's a big beaming bright light. And that is that it does not have to be that way. It can be very simple. And let me give you an example. So uh, years ago, I partnered with an author. His name was Michael Hyatt. And at the time, he was coming off a New York Times bestselling book. So he was in high demand as a speaker traveling, you know, all over the world, essentially. And he would speak anywhere between 30 to 40 times a year. So you had a day on the front and a day on the back for travel. It meant that he was gone over 100 days a year. Now, in addition to that, he also had a blog at the time that he was publishing every single day. And he had a weekly podcast. 
Yeah, crazy, right? So his schedule was just slammed. And so when we came together to do a membership, you know, he didn't have the time to be able to create content. Like he was already maxed out. In fact, that was the whole reason he wanted to do a membership site was to give him back time. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we had to do is we had to get real smart about how we created content. And in his case, you know, we created what's called a publisher style membership, which essentially translated into four pieces of content per month that we would produce. So we're not talking like a piece of content every single day. We're talking essentially one piece per week. And here's my general rule of thumb, Lisa, is that any one piece of content should not exceed more than 60 minutes. If you're going beyond 60 minutes, it's not only a heavyweight for you to produce, but it's a heavyweight for your audience to consume. Mm -hmm. And so what we ended up doing was we created four pieces of content. And here is the punchline is that we would produce over a year's worth of content in six days because we would essentially schedule three two-day video shoots. And during those video shoots, I mean, those were jam-packed. They were just like, boom, 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 be recording a whole bunch of videos. And then once it was done, then it would go and get scheduled. And so what was amazing was like, when I left that partnership, all on good terms, I moved on to focus on what I'm doing now with, with Tribe. But when I left that partnership, we had more than a year's worth of content already scheduled. So if they created nothing new, they would still have content going out to the members for more than a year. And so bottom line is that you absolutely can structure the content you provide in your membership site so that number one, it provides a ton of value, but it's not overwhelming for your members and therefore not overwhelming for you. And when you produce it, you can do it in a smart way so that you batch produce it so that you can get way ahead of the schedule and never be caught on this content treadmill. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And it's a, it was a hard one lesson for me. I can remember you saying the number one reason people leave memberships is too much content. And I was yeah. like, oh, and every single time, every single time someone cancels, because people cancel all the time, it's always yeah. like too much. And I have literally stripped back, stripped back, stripped back. And still, like people can't keep up. It's crazy. As content creators, and I know for you, like you came from blogging as, yeah. you know, your base. And so as content creators, we're used to creating content mm-hmm. and naturally we're wired to think like the more content we create, the more value we create, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely the opposite of that in a membership site. Because as you said, as soon as the seed of overwhelm is planted, it's a matter of time before people cancel. They're not in it to just get a whole lot of information. What they're in it for is to make progress in some area of their life. And more often than not, what that means is that we provide a little bit of guidance in terms of content, and then we hold the space for people to be able to implement what they're learning and support them in that journey. That's what people are there for is that progress and that clarity. And that doesn't come from overwhelming them or bombarding them, which is great news for all of us because then that means that we don't have to be caught on this treadmill. And this is the writer downer for everybody. The value does not come from the volume of information you provide. The value comes from the speed of which people are able to implement the information you provide. So it's not about volume. It's about speed of implementation. I love that. And, you know, there was something that you said when you were talking about Michael Hyatt as well, that I think is an objection for people. I've seen people with quite big followings on Instagram or Facebook launch a membership. I've seen people not get much traction with their membership because they just open the doors to something and, um, and they've been working away for a really long time. 
And then they think, oh, you know, the whole question of an email list comes in and a, and a launch. But what it's made, I think what a big objection that a lot of people have is that because it's a low cost, you need a really large list, like someone like Michael Hyatt would have already had. But what I saw when I entered Tribe was people building really successful memberships off a very small list or creating that list during their first launch. Can you sort of talk and let people know you don't need to be one of the most successful people online in order to launch a successful membership? Well, and admittedly, Lisa, like this was, I have learned this from our tribe. Our tribe, I like to say the tribe has spoken, you know, like they have opened my eyes to the fact that you don't need tens of thousands. You don't even need thousands. If you have just a few hundred people, you can make this a go. A great example of this is Wendy Batten. So Wendy Batten, she's in a tiny niche. She works with paint store retailers. So these are like bricks and mortar stores that sell paint. I mean, I know, talk about a niche of a niche, right? Like this is tiny. So she didn't have tens of thousands or thousands. She had just over 450 people in her audience. Now, the crazy part was is that when she did her launch, she welcomed 59 of those people into her membership, generating $2,800 a month in recurring revenue. And that is the beginning. That's month number one. That's the beginning. She now has grown that over this past year. She's over 100 plus members. And so the point of the matter is, is that it starts small. And there's many examples like this. Marianne Kane is another one. She had an audience of 250. And the, the reason that she just went for it and she's just like, I have no time to wait was she was expecting her firstborn child. And she's like, look, I got to get this business baby out, you know, deliver this business baby, which is her membership. And so she went for it. She had two, just roughly over 250 people. She welcomed 52 members into her membership and it's for kettlebell workouts for women. Another example is Anna Saucier. So I love Anna's story because she was at our live event, Tribe Live, and she heard these stories of like real people. These people that I'm mentioning, they are real people. And she's hearing them up on stage, like sharing their stories. And she's like, this is amazing. And so she's like, I'm going to go for it. And she said, I'm going to launch like right here, right now at the actual event. And this is, this is, I don't know how else to say this. This is pretty gutsy. Like, I don't know that I would have done this, but she went for it. She didn't have like a sales letter, didn't have sales videos, didn't have webinar, didn't have even have a sales page, didn't even have an order page, but she went for it. She had a tiny audience of 326 people. Now, she helps fertility practitioners. So these are uh, primarily women who are helping other women, you know, get pregnant. And so tiny audience, 326 people, but she used what we call our founding member script. And somebody had talked about it on stage. That was Jamie Swanson talking about what she was doing with it. And she used this. And so basically she sent an email out to this 326 people and she cast the vision of her membership. And she said, look, this is what I'm looking to create. This is what it's going to be. I don't have all the answers yet. I don't even have anything figured out. I don't have a membership site set up. I don't have any of this, but this is what it's going to be. And I want to invite you to come join me as a founding member. And as a founding member, you get these benefits, these benefits, these benefits, you get this price. And so people were excited about it. And all the call to action was like, if you're interested in becoming a founding member, just send me a direct message. Cause she didn't have anything else set up. So wow. people send her a direct message. When they did, she then sent them a PayPal link. And in 24 hours, she generated $5,024. And that was like the beginning of what has now blossomed into a very profitable membership site. So I share it with you and everybody listening, because again, in all of these stories, these women did not have audiences of tens of thousands or even thousands. They had a few hundred people. Wendy was just over 450. Marianne Kane was 250. Anna was 326 people. And we have endless number of stories like this 
The bottom line is this, with a smaller audience, the massive advantage that you have is that you will see much higher conversion rates Mm. because you have a more intimate relationship with that audience. You can do things with that audiences that people with big audiences can't do at scale. And so you can have more personal relationships. You can talk to people via direct message. You can do all those kinds of things of which you'll see a higher conversion rate. And all of those people that come in, that creates momentum. That creates the beginning where you start to formulate these stories that you can share. And that is what attracts more and more people and not only into your audience, but also into your membership. So I am a huge proponent of not getting it perfect, just getting it going and realizing that you can do a lot with just a small audience. And I love also the fact that with memberships, they're kind of this constant moving that thing. It doesn't have to be set in stone. What I started with is not even close to what I deliver right now. And that, so it's not like a course where it's, you know, this thing that you feel like it has a start and an end and you've got, it's kind of intense because people have to get that transformation in a short amount of time and everything's kind of full on. It's like, this is what I think is going to work. Let's put that out there. (laughs) And then you get feedback from your audience constantly because you're in communication with them. Like you're, it's like a conversation, a membership I find. And I'm constantly putting surveys out. Like, what do you need more of? What do you need less of? And obviously when people leave being in conversation with them about why, and I just love, you can get started quickly and not have all the bells and whistles. And I guess I would like to know though, because I know a lot of people in my audience serve other mums in different types of areas. So where markets feel saturated, even although we actually know that they're not, <laughs> yeah. um, but it can feel that when you're an online business owner and you see other people like, she's doing exactly what I wanted to. What yeah. would you say to those people about, What might make their membership different or stand out amongst the crowd? Well, first of all, I'd celebrate. I'd be doing a happy dance. If you see that somebody is already in your marketplace, that is not a negative. That's a very good sign because I love seeing markets where people are already spending money. If there's a market and nobody's there and nobody's spending money, I'm a little bit nervous to be honest (laughs) with you, Lisa. So I like seeing that there's activity because at the end of the day, there's really a, a few things that are going to help distinguish, you know, your community and membership from somebody else. And it comes down to relationships. One, the relationship that you have with your audience. And two, the relationship that your people have with each other. So listen, what happens is people come for the content, but they stay for the community. And this has been something that I've been saying for decades. They come for the content, they stay for the community. So the content is what aligns people because they have the same interests, but it's the community and the connection that they develop with you and with each other that keeps them there. And Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day, like what makes you different from everybody else? It's about leaning into your people, loving on your people. I know this sounds a little woo woo, but if you lead with a big heart and you just love on your people and are there to serve and help them and help them make progress, people will stay. Because look, I've never heard of anybody leaving a membership site because they're making too much progress in their life. I've never heard of anybody leaving because of that. And I've never heard of anybody leaving because they've got deep relationships with people. No, I like these people too much and therefore I want to leave. 
that never happens. So as long as people are making progress and as long as people have developed relationships and connections, they're going to stay and they'll stay for a long time. And, you know, this is why, like, when I hear comments, oftentimes people will say, oh, but I've heard that people only stay for three or four months in a membership. I'm like, hogwash. Look, that tells me that those people who are saying that do not have a retention strategy and they're not paying attention to what happens after a member joins. Because as long as you are paying attention, we don't see members staying for months. We see members staying for years. And so it's all about leaning into who you are and getting comfortable with that and getting comfortable with the community that you're creating. And I'm sure, Lisa, you've seen it. Like you had a taste of it. I know when you had your blog, but I have a sneaky suspicion that it has blossomed to a whole nother level with your membership. Would that be true? I have, there's a hashtag inside the Small Steps membership, which is best group of friends I've never met. And (laughs) people have real life meetups, like they're organizing an Adelaide meetup and we have meetups in Melbourne and people feel like we're genuinely friends. Like these people, they stick around because it's the place they want to lean into for support. I'm pretty sure that a lot of them are there for the Facebook group. (laughs) And I'm like, you guys, there's also a whole website (laughs) filled with really cool stuff. (laughs) But um, (laughs) I was daunted by that too. I was daunted by holding the space because it, it actually wasn't a question of whether my membership was going to be successful. I knew it was because I had people begging me to do something and wanting to do something next, that it was going to be too successful and Mm. there was going to be too many people. And because I was at a stage of my business where I was doing everything myself at that stage, holding the space felt like a really big deal to me. And since then, I've welcomed in support from rock star people from within the community who've just stepped up and been amazing. But that was a genuine fear that, I was going to be like pinged all day, every day in Facebook and people were going to be needy and require so much of my attention. And what am I going to do with that? Well, it's interesting because I think we can all feel that way. You know, like I know I'm very similar in the sense that like when we started just even our tribe, like I just care so much about the experience that I was, you know, wanting to do everything possible. And that meant, you know, especially in the beginning that I was almost overexerting myself in terms of the time that I was put it, pouring into the community. But what I've learned is that like, this is not the Stu show. It's not the Lisa show. It's about us facilitating those connections. It certainly starts with us and there's a connection there. But the more that we can lean into and help the community form connections with each other, that's when the real magic happens. And for you and for everybody listening, what you're doing in, in your membership and the fact that you have these meetups that are happening like, in Adelaide and in Melbourne and all these different places across Australia. This is a really healthy thing. I believe this is the future of membership sites. Mm -hmm. Online memberships is Mm -hmm. the ability for the members to form and come together in offline meetups around the world. You know, we're seeing it. We have our European contingent. We have our Australian contingent. We have different pockets throughout the US and Canada. And these are just self-formed groups with the, they're like, hey, we're in the area. Like, let's get together. And they hang out and they do things together. And I believe that the future is about us facilitating that kind of an experience because people crave that connection. You know, and so it starts online, but absolutely it goes offline. And the more that that starts to happen where the relationships are forming without you being intertwined into it, that's when 
the magic really starts to happen. That's when the membership takes on a whole life of its own and that relieves a ton of pressure. And so bottom line is I think that, you know, when it comes to managing a community, we just have to be clear about like our own boundaries and communicate that. And when you communicate that and that expectation is set, it does a, an amazing thing for the community. Like it's case in point, like for me, I realized that I was like getting beyond my comfort zone in the sense of like, I'm very militant about protecting my schedule, particularly when it comes to like spending time with my wife and my kids. And so what I did was I took a step back and I realized like I didn't have clear boundaries. And so I, I said to the group, I said, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on is that at the end of the day, like I leave the office at 430, I'm home to spend, you know, and have dinner with the kids every night to play with the kids every night to put them to sleep every night. And that's something that's time that I cherish. And that's what I stand for as a business owner. That's what I love helping other business owners do. But I'm not protecting that time. And what's happening is that my time is bleeding into, you know, showing up into this community, which I love, but it's impacting the thing that's the highest priority for me, which is my family. And so I said, I just want to ask the community if you guys can hold me accountable. So if you see me online in the community between these hours, I want you to yell at me. You have full permission to kick me off and say, Stu, get out of here. Like we, you should be with your family. And they did. And it was amazing. And what happens is like, now, like the community respects those boundaries. And not only do they respect it, but they're holding me accountable. So there's things that you can do because as you said, the relationship goes beyond just like business owner and client or business owner and member. It becomes these gray lines where it becomes almost like this friendship where we're looking out for each other. Like it goes so far beyond just being a membership. It, it has like a much deeper meaning for all of us. And so for me, it's about setting those clear boundaries, communicating them, with your community and then also encouraging them to work with each other and to help each other. Yeah. I must say that you do give a lot in Trivet. No one would be saying that you don't come to the party full blown stew time, you know, when it's active. <laughs> but sometimes sometimes that full blown stew time is too much for some people, Lisa. So I, I sometimes <laughs> I gotta rein it back. There's <laughs> <laughs> never enough. I definitely think you're a brilliant example of what it means to give and what it means to create community. And I feel like membership's one of the best examples of the way that something that can feel so draining on us, our phone, our technology, and it's actually just one of the most beautiful ways that it can be used for good in the world to create connection, like real deep connection. And I'm so grateful that I did create it. But as we're talking, I can literally hear people in this community. I can hear their little brains ticking over and they're like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to start a membership, but I'm so bad with technology and I bet I'm going to have to get blah, 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 blah. Now I, you know, just literally stop in their tracks because mm. that is the stuff that I see having worked now with lots of women in their online businesses that can be kind of like the thing that means they don't move forward on their brilliant yeah. idea and getting their work out into the world. So in terms of the tech that's required to start a membership, can you just reassure everyone that it can be easy? Well, listen, when I started this, the tech was not what it is today. Right. Like back then, it was way over my pay grade. I was dealing with like server settings and HD access and Things that I don't even know how to pronounce. I just throw out these acronyms and somebody in the tech world knows what I'm talking about. But I didn't know this stuff. And this actually was what led me to the path of 
figuring out membership sites. And it's a fun, long story. But the bottom line is that like today, the technology is way further advanced than it ever was before, making it way easier. Now, I'm not here to tell everybody that it is like super easy and you just push one button, voila, there's your website. Not necessarily, but it's never been easier. And this is the really important part that I want you to realize. The other thing that I would say is that there are absolutely ways to complicate this, but (laughs) similarly, there are absolutely ways to keep this very simple. Mm. Right now, oh gosh, I've lost her name. It'll come to me in a minute. But there's one of our tribers as an example, like, She was just determined to launch her membership site. And she's like, I'm not letting the tech get in the way. So what her membership site was, Lisa, was it she would deliver everything via email. She didn't have a members area. She didn't have any of that stuff. It's just like members paid on a monthly basis. And she would deliver the deliverables every week via email. So she didn't even have a members area. She just kept it super simple. And so one of the questions I would encourage people to ask themselves is, how can I make this simple? How can I make this simple? Because that gets your brain thinking in a totally different way. And when we are getting started, I'd much rather you get going than get it all perfect. You'll hear me say this over and over again. You know, I was a quote that I heard in 2004 from a friend of mine named Mike Littman. And he said, you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going. And this is absolutely the case with membership sites. So we see some people that launch just with a, a Facebook group as the community and a simple download area for their membership. There's no like, bells and whistles. It's super streamlined and kept simple for the purpose of being able to get it going. Because once you get it going, then you can tinker and then you can make changes. And as you said, like, what you start with is not what you're going to end up with six months, 12 months down the road. And the whole key with a membership site is that this is a dance with your members. It is about like identifying like how you can serve them, what their needs are, and it's going to change. And so the good news about that is that like once you get going, then you can pour the energy into modifying it and tweaking it. And the good news about that is you got revenue coming in as you are doing that. So you can afford to do different things at that point. But bottom line is that you can keep it simple if you want to keep it simple. But I can also tell you, There's the danger zone of like overthinking and overcomplicating it. And that'll take you down a rabbit hole that you just don't want to go. Keep it simple in the beginning, because at the end of the day, what are members there for? They're there to make progress in some aspect of their life. And they're there for that connection and community. Just focus on those two things and you'll come out winning. Yeah, I'd already established my membership when I joined Tribe, but I knew it kind of wasn't working in the way that I wanted it to. So I loved coming in and learning about all, like, I think the way that you lay out the program just made it so easy for me to see exactly what I was doing that could be improved. I don't want to say wrong because it was never wrong. It was just like, there's ways to do this that's going to be easier for you and better for them and get them better results, which is what we're all here for. Like if we're not there for that, I don't know why we'd be in the biz. So I feel like there's ways to structure memberships and deliver stuff and they don't care about things being pretty as much as they care about what they're getting out of it. You know, there's so many amazing things you can do with Facebook groups these days and freaking Dropbox. Like who cares? Just get your stuff out there and helping people. I absolutely love that message. So can I add one more thing to that, Lisa? Because the other benefit to this, and this is like the marketing side of Stu coming through here now. When you start 
bare bones and you make those improvements, every improvement that you make is a great marketing opportunity to go back to your members and say, guess what? Mm. We just keep making this better and better. And here's what we've done this time. And here's what we're doing next. So it's like every improvement that you make is a great marketing opportunity to add more value to your members. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like this person is amazing. All they do is work on this and make it better for us and a better experience. And so it's almost like an advantage to start like strip down, streamline, and then build it up as you go. Because each time you make those improvements, it's a great way to go back to your members and get them re-excited again. Yeah. And I think also for those of us who are natural content creators, it offers, what I find is the membership offers me a space for creativity where, Mm. you know, sometimes you just want to bring those creative juices. You know, you can set and forget certain things or you can batch create your content. But sometimes I want to get my hands dirty. I want to think about how to make things better. I want to tweak and I want to improve things. But what I have found is the more prepared I am, the more ahead we are with content, the better I show up for the group, the more I can just add in these little tweaks, these little bits and pieces to surprise them, surprise elements in the membership. I mean, it's a fun, it's a ride for for us and for our team as well. You know, there's constantly feedback from people about what they're getting out of it and that lifts our whole team up. And that's a beautiful thing as well, that constant conversation. Okay, so right now, I think when this goes live this podcast episode we are going to be sending everyone to your amazing training series can you just tell everyone a little bit about what they will get when they watch this series well first and foremost it is a free workshop and we Mm. do this one time a year now if you haven't picked up on it yet i am ridiculously excited about (laughs) membership sites i love membership sites because i love what it does for us as business owners, it creates a tremendous amount of stability. And when that stability Mm. is there financially, it removes a lot of stress because we're not like, as you said, Lisa, like one model is, is like you're, we're launching and I love launches, but when you're dependent on a launch, it creates a lot of stress. Like I remember when I was in Australia and, and I visited you and then there was another gentleman that I visited. His name was Andrew Krause. And Andrew, he was telling me that like his business model was a launch, you know, base model. And he had one launch that he was dependent on that went south. It didn't go well. And it created a ton of financial pressure for him, really put him in a bind. And it was at that moment that he knew he had to make a shift for a more stable recurring revenue. And it's not to say again that launches are bad because I love launches and I think every business should incorporate launches. But when your business is dependent on it, it creates a tremendous amount of stress. And so this is why I love memberships. And we're seeing big businesses like Amazons and the Apples and the Netflix and the Spotify, they're all using a membership model. But we're also seeing all kinds of other memberships that pop up in all kinds of different markets, whether it's a product-based membership or a service-based or knowledge-based or community-based. doesn't matter what type of business. There are memberships that are forming and popping up and we see it as consumers. The other day, I'm just walking through the shopping mall. I was in San Francisco. This was a couple of months ago. I went to get a green juice and I come up to this counter and on the menu is like the member price and the non-member price. And I'm like, so I said to the girl behind the counter, I said, well, you know, being a membership guy, like what do you got going on here? And she's like, well, for $10 a month, you get two green juices. And then any green juice thereafter is at the member price of $5. Uh, Otherwise the non-member price would be $6 and 50 cents. And so just think about this because now this place that sells juice 
is no longer like hoping that people are going to come back to their store. They know for certain that however many members they have, they're going to be back and they'll be spending with them every single month. This is why I love membership sites. I live, eat, and breathe this. And there are so many incredible stories from within our tribe of how a membership site has transformed lives. Because it's not just about the money. It's what the money makes possible. I think of like Tara Walsh. So Tara Walsh, her husband was in the army and he suffered from PTSD and she knew that he needed to get help. But that meant that he would literally have to move to another location, therefore doubling their expenses. That put a lot of pressure and stress on her because she's like, she wanted to get him the help. She knew he needed the help. But at the same time, like, how? How does she pay for this? Long story short, she launched her membership site. And in the last year, she's grew up from 2000 to 13000 a month and now over $30,000 a month. And here's the crazy part. It is teaching lash entrepreneurs, like eyelash entrepreneurs. I didn't even yeah. know this was a thing. It's a yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a crazy thing. And so I just think about like, now for her and her husband, like, does that mean that they're out of the woods yet? No, he's still getting help, but she can afford now to be able to get him the help that he needs without feeling that financial pressure. Or I think of Amanda and Jonathan Textera. I can totally relate to this because we have an adopted son from South Africa and they were eagerly anticipating the pairing and matching of their uh, child. And then they got the phone call and they actually got the phone call, funny enough, at Tribe Live, which is our you know live event. So wow. they're super excited the phone call. And so I'm part of them. They're excited and thrilled that they've got the phone call and they've been matched. But then the reality sets in, which is like <gasps> eight weeks from that day, they needed to come up with a whole bunch of money to be able to pay for the adoption. And listen, adoption, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, but it's also a very expensive thing. And so like now they felt that pressure and that weight. And so long story short, they launched their membership site and their membership site helps people when it comes to growing their finances and managing their finances. So fortunately for them, they got it off the ground and boom, they had enough on a monthly basis, to not only pay for the adoption, but of course, then to continue to support their family. And there's so many beautiful stories like this in people with all kinds of different markets from photography and calligraphy to fitness and finance and music and health and art and dog training and so many more. And so what we do once a year is we do a free workshop and it's broken down into three parts. Part one, we show you how to assess your market. So if you're thinking like, okay, Lisa, Stu, I'm liking the sounds of this. I see where this is going. I want to see if my market would be a good fit. Come join us for part one of the workshop because we'll tell you whether it's a good fit. So before you put any energy or effort towards like creating anything, first come and assess whether your market would be a good fit for a membership site. We'll show you how to read your market and how to score your market. That's part one. Part two, we then talk about the number one element that every membership site should have. It is the backbone behind your content. It drives your marketing. And it is the number one thing that will keep people part of your membership month after month. What that is, we'll tell you in part number two of the workshop. And we'll show you exactly how to implement it in your membership. And then the third part of the workshop this is where we kind of pull back the curtain and we show you the five key areas of a successful membership site. We give you a downloadable mind map where we break down each of these sections into finite detail. And you literally can take that blueprint and you can run and go and set up a membership site. This is all part of the workshop. We're there to answer questions and, and uh, you'll hear from hundreds and hundreds of different membership site owners. It is an awesome time. We do this one time a year and I cannot wait for it. It is a hugely valuable thing to go through, even as you're saying it. I'm like, you know what? I think I might just need to watch it again. 
because every single time I do, but this is the thing, isn't it? It's like, we're always improving. We're always getting new ideas. And I think your energy and your style always gives me the feeling. And I know it's the same with all tribers is like, this is possible. It doesn't have to be super complicated. Here's the frameworks. Here's the things go and do it. You can. And when you start hearing all the stories from the community, you're like, oh man, this is like, it's really, you're energizing the tribe communities, energizing and the content makes it really, really easy for you to just take the action. But I'm always looking for new ideas. I mean, as entrepreneurs, where the, that, those little sparks at different, yes. at different times, it can just be like, oh, that's the next level or that's the this or wow, now I see this in, in a new light. What's so fun about membership sites is like, you just need one idea. Like one idea can pay for itself many times over. Like as an example, uh, one of our tribers, she actually posted, this was about a month ago. And it was just one little idea that I had and shared with the community about like when a member cancels, how to reach out to them and what to say in order to win them back. And so it was just a simple idea. It basically entails like about a two minute video. And so we mapped out like exactly what to say in that video. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to give it a try. So she recorded this two-minute video and uh, a member canceled. She sent it to the member. Immediately, the member uh, writes back and says, you know what? Don't worry about canceling the membership. I'm going to stay. And so she wrote to the group. She's like, I can't believe it. Like this one idea just worked. And she's like, it took me two minutes to do. And so then she emails me again the next month. And there were several members that had asked to cancel. She had sent the same video to them and they had asked to stay. And she's like, this thing just keeps getting more and more valuable. And that's the whole thing with a membership site. One little idea, whether it's to welcome new members or whether it's to keep members happy, it has a compounding effect because not only does it save, in that case, this woman, it saved that $30 a month for that one member that month. But this is $30 a month every month thereafter. And so it's a compounding effect when it comes to the ideas. So this is why I love it because our community is so generous, so giving, so inspiring. You're hearing from people in all kinds of different markets. Like you'll hear from Michael Kapatrick, who he helps farmers. He's got a membership site for farmers for crying out loud. Like, and you hear what he's doing. And then you hear about like Heidi Easley and Christy Hawkins who are helping people with art. You'll hear about Matt Costa who helps people when it comes to creating physical products. You'll hear from Andrew Krauss, who we mentioned, he helps, you know, real estate agents or Levi Kajula has got a membership site now with 6,000 members in the guitar market. It's just, wow. it's, it doesn't matter what market you're going to hear so many incredible stories and it's inspiring and you're going to get yeah. so many great ideas. And it just takes one idea, whether it's welcoming new members or whether it's keeping members happy, that has a massive return on the investment of time. Uh, well, we have the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. So everyone is going to be going to click on there. I am so appreciative of your time, Stu. Like you've got me all fired up and it's 5.45 <laughs> in the morning. And now I feel like just working. Uh, so <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Good luck. Are you going to have a Facebook pop-up group is always like, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So, so exciting. Click on the link that Lisa gives you. Come join us for the workshop. Yeah, come join us in the community and you'll get to interact with all these membership site owners and we'll be there. I'll be there answering questions. Like this is the thing. The reason we only do this one time a year is because when we're in it, we're all in it. So I'm there on a regular basis, like everyday basis, answering questions, doing Facebook lives, helping people, helping people get clear on like the type of membership site that would be right for them and how to structure it, how to set it up. And so come join us. It's an amazing workshop. It happens one time a year. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Woohoo! <laughs> 
<laughs> the most excitable guy on the internet. Steve McLaren, everybody. I, I had my green juice today, Lisa. That's all I can say. <laughs> I think I need to go get one of those too. Thank you, Stu, and good luck. I'll speak to you soon. All right. See you. Thanks, everyone. Well, that is another episode of the Keeping Business Real podcast done and dusted. But make sure that you don't miss out on knowing when I release the next one. Be sure to become a subscriber over on your podcast app of choice and make sure to leave a review. I would love to know what you're thinking of the podcast and what you'd like to hear in the future. Now, the next thing you need to do is head straight to lisacorduff.com. I have an amazing cheat sheet there waiting for you to help you overhaul your marketing mindset. Let's face it, sometimes the selling part of business is the part that feels most icky. I want to help you out and I want to help you grow your business in an authentic way that feels really, really good to you. LisaCorduff.com for your free cheat sheet. And I'll see you in the next episode.